welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Coach Kenny Simpson. Uh, Coach, welcome to the podcast. Man, I appreciate you having me on, and I appreciate you doing things to grow the game of football. Yeah, Coach, this is a it's a it's a hobby of mine, and I'm really excited to have you on. I actually bought a bunch of your materials uh, last night on your website, uh, fbcoachsimpson.com. So, Coach, tell tell listener a little, little bit about yourself and your background, and um, what got you into coaching football. Sure. Uh, well, I grew up a military kid, and so if you know much about that lifestyle, you know that means I, we moved a lot. And so uh, I got to uh, play ball, play football in three different states, and I played four different sports all throughout. So <clears throat> always really into athletics, and I really enjoyed competing at anything I could do. And uh, went to college and thought I was going to make money, get in business. Uh, I was going to do marketing. And about halfway through, I realized I was going to be coaching volunteer-wise. I might as well just go ahead and, and become a high school coach. Really felt drawn to trying to encourage young men uh, to grow in character so wanted to be a football coach had a lot of great coaches along the way on my stops and, and got to see kind of the different philosophies of how they were able to motivate kids and, and thought that was something I wanted to do um, so I started my, my career in Madison Academy um, I was a junior high coach and was able to be a part of watching them turn that program around Madison Academy is very talented now and very good program, but early on we were we were struggling. So I got to kind of watch uh, how they were able to shift the culture and and change a, a pretty good football school into an elite one. Um, and then at 25, I had my chance to be a defensive coordinator in Montgomery, Alabama. Went to Alabama Christian Academy and was able to work under Greg Baker, who has gone on, I've been the head coach at Faulkner University and a couple other places. So I got to learn a lot from him. Um, he got to teach a lot and be patient with a young, ambitious, but not super smart defensive coordinator. And when he moved on, I got that head job. And uh, that was my first head coaching job at 20, 27 years old. I coached my first game at 28 years old as a head football coach at the 4A level in Alabama. And uh, was able to win some games, but uh, really was still learning on the job as I went. I uh, was there for three years, had, had a couple really good seasons, some really great kids I was around, and then jumped over to Arkansas. I'm now at Southside High School in Batesville, Arkansas. I've been here the last nine years and took over a program here that was oh for about two and a half years before I got the job and so I had just had football for four or five years at the senior high level I uh, just was basically a, a, you know coming into a new a new school almost as far as football is concerned and cut my teeth uh, the hard way had a lot of pretty good things that we did early and had some rough patches and in the past several years we've kind of been able to get the culture going the right direction won the conference last few years so really bounced all around and uh, and because of that I've, I've had a lot of learning the hard way experiences so I wrote my first book uh, find a way what I wish I had known when I was a head football coach basically writing to myself uh, if I could go back in time 12 years these are things I would do and do differently uh, or do or the things that I was doing well and keep doing those so that's really a real short version of how I got where I am. I'm, I'm very blessed to be married to a wonderful lady and have three kids. And so 
that's a that's a new experience also watching them play and, and I'm about to be coaching my own son here pretty soon. He's getting to that age. Oh, coach, that is that is awesome. I I saw your stuff on Twitter, which is your Twitter handle is at FB Coach Simpson for the the guys that are listening. Um, really, just great follow on Twitter. Great information, great material. Uh, you know, really um, a great coach to look at all your stuff, coach. Your website's impressive. What? What led you to that? Because there's a lot of coaches that like to get their stuff out there, but yours seems very well put together and very easy to access. Well, I think a lot of it is that marketing background. I'm, I'm a, it took me a while to, to be willing to jump out and do this because, um, you know, I, there's a lot of super qualified guys that I just didn't feel like, man, I'm who am I to tell anybody anything? But uh, once I got over that fear, of, hey, let's just put it out there, and and then if it can help people, that's awesome. Um, you know, I, I I felt like this is something that, and then the reception to it has been great. You know, I didn't know how this would go. I'd write a book, I thought I'd sell fifty copies to my friends, and and it's it's really taken off on me. And so, I wanted to really, and, and I found out there was a huge need. I started getting emails and people reached out to me on Twitter and text messages of, hey, how do you do this and how do you do this? And so. Uh, I had to, I've had the, the, the pleasure of speaking at a few clinics, so just tried to basically format this where a coach could go on there and, and find stuff that may be able to help them, whether it's philosophy or X and O wise. And I try to keep my stuff where it will apply to multiple things, you know, not just a specific in the box deal, and try to keep things on there for either free or cheap. Uh, because you know, when I'm a coach looking for materials. Um, you know, I want to get as much as I can, and so it's been a, it's been an experience. My website's only been up now for about four or five days, and and it's been a very overwhelming response, and uh, it's humbling for sure. Yeah, I, I was look, looking through three or four of your powerpoints last night, and um, they're just really well done, uh, really simple stuff that um, I think high school coaches can take and, and use in in their programs. And the first one I downloaded was your offensive philosophy. I, I love some wing tee and some gun wing tees even better. So if you wouldn't mind talking about, about that, um, that would be fantastic. Sure, sure. We um, uh, we had done pretty well when I got to Southside uh, early on, and I was a Tony Franklin guy. I really still like a lot of his stuff, and um, and we had been doing that for a while. And we're, we're getting to the point where it just wasn't working for our athletes we needed to find something different to give us a chance to match up with teams that may be a little bit uh, faster than us or, or bigger than us. And so uh, I, when I was at Alabama Christian, we had run under center wing tee when I was a defensive coordinator. And I really enjoyed some of the things that came from that, but we wanted to blend. Uh, we didn't want to lose the screen game. We didn't want to lose the RPO world. I'm, I'm a huge fan of guys that are able to be so innovative with RPOs and and uh, play action stuff type stuff and and uh so we kind of blended both those together uh we basically went through and dug up anything we could on the shotgun wing tee and there's some really good good gurus out there uh went to every clinic we could visited with people and tried to take what they did and blend it with some of the things we liked from tony franklin and blend it with some of the things we liked from the mazone system and just kind of came up with our own version of shotgun wing tee uh we really liked it because it gave us 
uh, a base to work with and then easy concepts to build off of you know we run the buck sweep and and then we have three or four different rpos um, built in off of that and i you mentioned it earlier i'm a huge fan of simple i think if you just do simple things really really well um, that you can be very effective and it's proven the case for us you know we ran the ball for about uh, 350 yards a game this year and i think we had three concepts that's all we ran uh, but we were able to make quick adjustments in the game because our kids understood what we were trying to accomplish and understood you know uh, what, what needed to be done and because we only had so few things in you know we were prepared for any look we might get so that's one of the reasons we really liked it uh, i'm also a huge fan of series type plays which the wing t offers you know where the buck sweeps natural complement is the double handoff or waggle or all of these different things and, and it really has worked for us um we've just tried to blend some things together and come up with our own version of of shotgun wing tee yeah it's interesting you talk about series we we're very similar as far as we're kind of a series play calling team what to call you know last year we called jet and stuff comes off that and we're always looking to expand or, or tweak and um you know talk about series play calling as opposed to you know other other types of play calling like why does that work best for you do you think well i like to give the defense the same look and have four or five different things that can come from that. You mentioned the jet, we're huge into our, we have a whole jet series. And I think it's tough for a defender, um, you know, when he sees the same look in the backfield or even up front with the line, but you have three or four different options off of that. Um, like for us, we run the jet and then we'll run QB ISO and then we'll run the draw, but it all looks the same in the backfield or we'll run two or three trips passes that we'll get into out of emotion or we'll get into just lining up in trips. And for our kids, it keeps it very, very simple, you know, one or two word tags, but for a defense, it can be very, very tough. You know, and it also helps me as a, as a play caller, if we call this look, you know, as a defense, you've only had one week to prepare for it. And so you're gonna have a, a certain adjustment or maybe two adjustments at most. And once I know your adjustments, then it makes it very easy to call plays to, you know, to attack what, what the defense is doing. Yeah, I think that's that's the key. I mean, I, you have to have an answer. You don't have to have 100 answers. You just need to have, like, one or two answers, right? Is that is that your thought uh, process? It, it definitely. You know, one of the things we uh, – about five years ago, we really struggled offensively. And we got down to where we just – we didn't know what to do um, – you know, when the game was on line or on fourth and one, we didn't have a go-to or we didn't have a, here's what we're going to hang our hat on. And in this type of deal, um, you know, instead of having five answers, we have one answer that we can make work with easy tweaks or adjustments. You know, we're going to run buck sweep. And if you guys line up like this, we're not just going to not run buck sweep. We're going to run our answers to it. And it gives our kids an identity that they buy into you're able to rep it over and over and over and build it from your individual drills into your group drills, into your team drills. And so you're able to get maximum quality reps so that we can make those quick adjustments and, and be good. And to us, it's always been simple is better. And it's been hard to do that as a coach. Uh, it really is because I want, I want to do a lot of stuff, uh, but it's counterintuitive in my mind 
to put so much stuff in with your kids that you're not good at it. You know, you end up being average at everything instead of really good at a few things. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a, a fine line because you want to have enough answers but not have too much to overload your kids. What, like, how many concepts do you think is is it like good to carry? How many? What's too much? What's too little? What's your thoughts on that, Coach? Probably it depends on your demographic of kids as well. You know, I think depending on where you are, you know, some areas may have super intelligent kids and, and they can handle a little bit more. And, um, you know, a lot of times we will be the same way year to year, depending on which type of kids we have coming through. And uh, But in general, I, I try to go with the rule of three. You know, we have three uh, trips past concepts. We have three rpos we have three screens we have three base runs to the strong side we have three th- and you and w- but when you start blending them together you know you start doing three times three times three well now you have 27 mm-hmm. you know instead of just three concepts and so that's kind of been our thought process there have been years where i've had a really really sharp quarterback or a really really sharp group of kids we may add a couple more tweaks in there uh, but we try to keep it right around three uh, like for us, we run the Buck series, um, which is which which also includes a double handoff. Uh, we run what our version of Belly is, and then we run the Jet series. That's our only run game we have. And then as far as pass concepts, we got three rollout passes, and we have three play action passes, and then we have three dropbacks, hmm. and that's it. Coach, that's awesome, and obviously your record speaks for for itself. Um, transitioning here a little bit talk about your defensive philosophy i downloaded your three four powerpoint really good there too uh just excellent excellent stuff recommend any any all the listeners excuse me to download your material coach Uh, but talk about your defensive philosophy a little bit well one the first thing i'd say when you're doing defense and offense and especially the guys that are going to be head coaches out there is make sure you match up what you're wanting to accomplish you know for us Offensively, we want to run the clock. We want to run the ball. We want to establish our our, our ground game, uh, and so we matched our defense to that this year. To where we were, we're okay if you want to go on a 12 play drive. We're going to sit back and, and kind of be that way. In years past, when we felt we want to kind of rev the tempo up, then we've matched our defense to be more aggressive to kind of match that. So just philosophically, I would try to make sure you're matching your offense to your defense. If you're a quick score, you want the ball then I would recommend a very aggressive defense. If you're wanting to run the clock and, and keep the score low, then defensively, you know, you may want to be a little more conservative, which is what we did this year. Um, other other things on the 3-4 for us, I tried to talk a lot in that PowerPoint about personnel. I think there's, if you're a defensive coordinator, if you can pick the right guys, if you can teach them the very simple parts of football correctly, you know, we're going to spend probably – 60 to 70 percent of our time in individual drills working tackling where our keys are how we fit um and then we're going to do you know all the other stuff you've got to do and so kind of same thing with offense we're going to have one or two major we call major blitzes where we have a one word tag and then try to build in off of that and so um you know we, we try to be very simple with our kids and make sure they can play very fast and the other thing I would say defensively, we're able to do um, really, really well because we are pretty simple with our, our stuff is we're able to adjust to what the offense does. And our ba- basic philosophy is we're going to take away your best guy and maybe your best two guys. And if your third, fourth, and fifth guy can beat us, we probably weren't going to win anyway. 
you know, and so that's kind of what we try to gear our defense to every week. That's awesome, Coach. I was I was looking at it. You're you're a lot of two read kind of palms. Is that what is that yeah, correct? Much. Okay. Yeah. We now our kids. Here's the ironic part: is you ask me and my coaches, we know our, we're basically a two read team. If you ask my kids, they know base. They don't even have any idea what that means. We run to them. We run base and we run roll, which to the coaching world that's two read and cover three. You know, and and but our kids don't know that because we want to keep it as simple as possible for them. Right, because that's the key. I mean, and you you hit on it. I mean, keeping the terminology consistent, I think, is is the best. So you everybody's speaking the same language. What are some things you've done to help do that in your football program? Well, one, as much as there's been times I've really not enjoyed it, I've had a real heavy hand in our youth program. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I personally, there's a lot of things I have problems with with youth sports in general, but. Um, in my experience, they're here to stay. So you can either get your hands dirty and, and get involved and make it roughly what you want it to be, or you can leave it alone and ignore it, and you may, you'll may you deal with the consequences later on. And so that's one of the things we have done here is I've actually uh, assigned coaches to kind of be a liaison uh, with each group of kids coming through. Uh, it's helped because a lot of them have young boys playing, and so – that's a natural fit but we want to make sure we know what's going on uh what's being taught in our program from whenever they start playing for our school all the way up and we teach the same tackling drills and we teach the same way to down block and we teach the same way to pull kick and they all know that and so when i get them in fourth grade fifth grade seventh grade twelfth grade doesn't matter you know, they know the basic principles of, of what we're trying to accomplish. And then, obviously, each group you want to tweak to, to fit what they do well. That's awesome, Coach. That's that's really good. I, I, you get different philosophies on you know, youth football and major league football. And do you get to hire anybody below you, like in, in middle school or, or youth league? No, our youth league is complete volunteers. Okay. Um, and so it's, it's uh, kind of deal with what you get there. And, and some years are easier than others. And some years you got to be a little more uh, involved. We've been blessed to have some really good dads. And, and my philosophy on any level of coaching has always been to try to hire the best person of character you can. And then if they're, if they're that way, you can teach them football. And so that's kind of been our philosophy, whether it's a volunteer that's going to be involved with us or whether it's going to be a coach in the junior high level that I can hire or the senior high level is number one thing I'm looking for is is guys that are going to show up and work hard and they love their kids. Uh, they're going to support what we do. And then we feel like, okay, now I can teach you football. That's awesome, Coach. Talk a little bit, too, about your special teams philosophy. I downloaded that document last night. I haven't had a chance to look through it. But talk about your special teams philosophy a little bit. Yeah, I cut my teeth in special teams, so it's got a special place in my heart. When I was 20, 23 or 24, that was my first varsity job with special teams coordinator. I got to learn from a guy uh, who really put a lot of passion into it, and we've kind of carried that with us. Uh, our philosophy generally on special teams is we're looking to steal possessions, and so we, we will be aggressive in special teams. Um, I think we were either three of three on fake punts this year, and I think we recovered six or six, five or six kickoffs this year, and we don't onside kick every time. We're not that aggressive, but our philosophy has basically been um, I'm 
I'm not going to allow your best athlete with the ball in space in the kicking game. And so we're not going to kick the ball back there to your guy. We're going to make you adjust to what we do and pooch it and spread it around the field and uh, look to steal possessions or look to, you know, uh, drop the ball where I know where you're getting the ball. There's been games we've gone into where I know you're going to take the penalty. So I've kicked it out of bounds on purpose and given it about a 35-yard line just because we felt that was the best interest in our kids. And so we are uh, we, we treat that as serious as we do offense and defense in our scouting. I've actually been blessed to have a special teams coach now uh, that does a great job. He'll know where they're going to kick the ball. He's got it charted. And so we're going to put our best athlete there, and we're going to design what we do off of that. So it's just, to me, that's the most overlooked part of the game, especially for younger head coaches or coaches at smaller schools with smaller staffs. And so that's an area we look to take advantage. That's awesome, Coach. I think a lot of times that gets overlooked, but obviously a lot, a big part of your success is you being thorough, even in special teams. That's that's fantastic. That's really good. Um, Coach, as we as we wrap up here, just give the give the listener a nugget. What's something you wish you knew as a young head coach, um, you know, as a, or as a young coach that would help young coaches develop um, into into excellent coaches? Yeah, one of the things I've learned along the way, I think I've got it in my book's old chapter, but my dad taught me from a young age, he called it the three D's of leadership, and so I just did a whole chapter on it, is to decide on a plan of action, uh, to uh, delegate uh, somebody you trust and teach them the way to do that, and then depart and let them do their job. And one of the things I've learned um, as I've become a head coach and, and as I've grown in that role, and I'm still getting better at this, is generally guys that are wanting to be a head coach are very ambitious guys. I know I was, and a lot of us in this profession are. So it's really hard. Um, it's really hard sometimes to to let other people do what you would consider part of your job. Um, and, and what I've learned the most is I try to make myself the dumbest guy in the room, and I try to bring in some guys that are really good and then – figure out what they're good at uh, whether it's fundraising or the weight room or uh, it's uh, you know scouting or being on a whiteboard and and, let, and teach them our philosophy you know you don't just give them jobs you don't want to do but teach them uh, the way you want things to be done which takes which takes time so a lot of times as a young head coach we won't do that we'll just I would rather do it myself than take the extra time to teach this coach um, but as I've grown, I've learned if you can have a plan of action, you can decide on what you want to do. You can delegate this to really good people that fits their strength. The hardest one for me was the third one, is to depart. And you don't literally depart and leave, but you do step back and you let these coaches do what they're meant to do. And I think one of the lines I had in the book was, if you don't learn to delegate, you only have a staff of one, and that's you. And once you learn to delegate, and once you learn to use other people's strengths, now you have a staff of everybody that's involved. Coach, that's so good. Um, you are you are a man full of wisdom, Coach. I appreciate you being on the podcast today. Well, man, I, like I said, I appreciate what you do for, for, for the game of football. I think these podcasts are great, and uh, it, it's amazing to me, you know, just being around guys that do what you're doing, um, the resources that are available for all these coaches and and I tell you what, I'm so excited to see this young generation because, man, they, they, they are thirsty for the game, and hopefully this can help a couple of them.
Yeah, Coach, that's awesome. I uh, I appreciate your time. And uh, listeners, we will put this podcast up shortly.